0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. Worship and not be better. There's something about getting in the presence of the Lord and worshiping, and just taking this moment in the middle of the week. I still like Wednesday night. I'm, I'm still the. I still fight for it. I still, when we have meetings, my young guys start saying, "Well, we need to just do life groups." We don't go. No, no, no. This old man says we still need Wednesday night. We still need it. So. I like life groups, but I like Wednesday night because it just gives us the opportunity to kind of dig down and see what God's up to in in our lives. So good to be here tonight. Thank you, Pastor AJ, for leading us tonight into worship. Let's give the worship team a hand tonight, can we? uh, We've got great pastors here, Pastor AJ and Crystal, leading this house, and I thank God for them and what their heart is and uh, for all your staff that's here we just are excited about what god's up to in savannah and the like pastor AJ just prayed 50 mile radius 50 mile radius what would happen if we really begin to impact a 50 mile radius uh, it could be it could be just really really interesting what would take place and uh, so it's good to be here so uh, thank you for all your prayers i've uh, A lot of you reach out to me in the past eight weeks, and I appreciate that. Thank you for that. And uh, uh, God's still God. And His plan has not changed. The vision that God has given us has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our lives experience uh, some shifting at times and some heartaches, but God's still God. And we're able to make it through that. And uh, again, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your kind words over the past several weeks. Uh, I'm just going to jump into it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, take your Bibles, go to the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter. Let me kind of set it up. In fact, it's in, uh, it's, it's, I was looking at this, it's in this whole thing. A few weeks ago, what, two or three weeks ago, I preached on an open heaven, what brings an open heaven. It was one of those moments that I don't normally do because I'm pretty structured um, here's, here's what I determined years ago. Uh, since God lives in the eternal now, I don't have to wait until Saturday night to get the word from God for Sunday morning. So he can give me the word months out, which he usually does. And, and I, you know, lay out my sermon series for weeks and months ahead. And, and, uh, if you want to know, in fact, I have just been working on this week and I'm through the end of the year. So, all right. So I'm ready to go. But, but a couple of weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me on, during the week, and, and I talked a little bit about it, just to, to talk to us about an open heaven. And um, because I, th- I think we're in a season right now where God is, is trying to do something different. Uh, the, the, the whole 2020 and, and all the things that took place during that season did not take God by surprise. In fact, if I could say it this way, I think God was recalibrating us just a little bit and he was getting our attention and was just saying to us listen uh, all the things that you have made so important all the things that you've kind of leaned on let me let me just take those out of your life for a few minutes and let me let you see how much you really need me and i think all of us realized that in that season and now god's kind of changing some of the direction of the church and some of the things that we're up to uh, to help us to fulfill the mandate that he has uh, to make a difference in the world and so One of the the last thing I talked about in the the sermon on uh, an open heaven was intercession. And so that's where I'm going to key in on tonight. And we're just going to kind of, if you'll go with me on a little bit of a journey in Genesis, the 32nd chapter tonight, I I think I can drop some things into your spirit uh, that hopefully can help you to understand Uh, this, this house and not just this house. Let me just say it this way. Uh, Let me let me just talk to you out of my experience right now. Can I do that? In in the midst of everything that's been happening in my world, uh, we we went into this year. Jackson campus went into this year. We ended last year. Uh, I'll go back all the way to 2020. We went into 2020. The last Sunday before shutdown, we had 1,500 people. We went into shutdown. The week we came out of shutdown, we had 500 people. And I said, God, this ain't funny. Pardon my grammar. All right. This is just just not funny. I I don't know what you're doing, but I don't like it. All right. And and so through the process, we've we've been seeing God do some powerful, powerful things over the past couple of years. Uh, We have baptized more people in the last couple of years than we have probably in the last five years before that. Uh, Just miraculous things taking place. We ended last year. Uh, we, we were praying we were pushing we were believing as a staff and as a church leadership We were believing for 1500 people by the end of the year last year We were going to get back to kind of ground zero We ended the year last year our, our average for the year in Jackson last year was 1243 people something like that uh, And I just said, okay, god, what are you doing? we went into January, January first was the was a Sunday. If you remember, uh, that Sunday should have been an off Sunday. That Sunday we had like thirteen hundred, almost fourteen hundred people. From that point on, Jackson campus at this point is averaging five hundred people more a week this year than we did last year. Now, the reason I'm telling you that God is not just visiting Love and True Jackson with that. What God does in one location, he wants to do in every location. And so there is something that's happening in the spirit, but we have to do our part to see it come to pass. And so I want to talk about intercession tonight. And, and I want to give you a definition of intercession just for a minute, um, and, and then we'll, we'll jump into the story here. Here's what intercession is. Intercession is taking hold of God's will and refusing to let go until his will comes to pass. All right, let's say that again, all right, because I want you to get it. Intercession is taking hold of God's will and refusing to let go until his will comes to pass. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in this open heaven. And so we just make up our mind and say, wait a minute, if God said it, if God spoke it, then we are going to see it come to pass. That kind of prayer is the kind of prayer that will endure setbacks, it will overcome obstacles, it will not quit just because the times got tough that we make up in our mind and we say that we are going to see God do something in a way that maybe we have never seen him do before. Now, here's what I want to say to you. Some of you, I believe are called to intercession. I believe that God places an anointing for intercession on people, uh, who, who would just understand that it takes intercession to birth things. The Bible says when Zion travails, sons and daughters will be born into the kingdom. And so there's just that, that spirit of intercession that some, people have. But here's what I will say to all of us. All of us at times need to intercede. Paul writes and says with all manner of prayer and intercession that you need to be praying. So there are those moments when you are facing something, when you are up against something that you need to intercede and interceding is not praying until I get tired. Interceding is praying until something happens. And so we we just have to come to that place of saying, I I need to come to an understanding of what intercession does and how intercession moves. And so as as I was thinking about this, after that Sunday morning sermon, I was supposed to preach on Wednesday night in Jackson. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to preach. In fact, I told the Lord uh, I wanted to preach about intercession, but I I, I, nothing, nothing. I'm telling you, nothing was coming. I went back and looked. You got to understand, I've been doing this for 43 years. I went back and looked at every note I had on prayer, everything that I had ever preached, ever even thought about preaching about prayer, and nothing was happening until Wednesday morning. And I, I don't. Again, I'm a planner. I like structure. And when God waits till Wednesday morning to give me Wednesday night, he, it, it's just now here's the fun part about that. When he does that, it usually comes in about five minutes. He just downloads it to me. All right. And so that morning he, he said, go read about Jacob. And so I started reading about Jacob and and just within a few minutes, This sermon came out of that, and I think it's something that we need as a church right now. We need to understand God is wanting to have an open heaven for us. He is wanting us to experience that open heaven, but the intercessors have to arise within every local campus, and we have to be willing to intercede until we see the revival that we've been talking about. And so I, w- I want to I just, we, we all know Jacob's story, right? You understand a little bit about Jacob. Uh, Jacob's a crook, right? I mean, from, from the moment of his birth, of the, he's called the hill grabber because as Esau's coming out, he reaches out and grabs Esau's heel and hangs on to him. We, we know the story of how, how he's, he's cooking one day and Esau's been out hunting and he, Esau comes back and he, he says, I'm hungry. And, and Jacob says, it's my time. He said, I can, I can do something with this. He said, give me your birthright. Esau says, well, I'm going to die anyway, so give me a pot of those beans and I'll give you my birthright. And so he, he gets the birthright. A, a few years later, he, he, he steals the blessing, Right. He steals the blessing. The the Bible says that his mom helps him to steal the blessing, but he steals the blessing from his brother, Esau. And and so Esau is is just, he's an interesting dude. And and what we find is, is that Esau looks at him and and he says, as soon as dad is dead, I'm killing you. He said, in fact, we're going to have two funerals. He said, We're gonna bury daddy and we're gonna bury you the next day. Because I promise you, you have you have taken not only my birthright, but now you have taken my blessing, and as soon as dad dies, I'm killing you. And Jacob leaves. Wouldn't you? He said, I'm out. And, and he, he begins to go and he leaves, but, but he takes the same. Although he leaves, and, and we know the story, the, the Word of God says that he encounters an angel of the Lord, who's, and the angels are ascending and descending, and he makes this, makes this place uh, his bed, and he gets up in the morning and he says, this is Bethel, it's the house of God, because I saw the angels ascending and descending. And he makes a vow to God, and in that moment as he makes that vow to God, he says, I'm whatever you bless me with, I'm going to give 10% of it back to you, and, and he walks in that blessing, but, but he still hasn't changed. All right. But what begins to happen is, is now we find him in the 32nd chapter, we find him getting ready to go back home. And what we find is we're going to find some intercession taking place and we're going to see what it takes us to get to a place of intercession. you ready. Look in verse one and two here's what it says. Jacob also went on his way and the angels of God met him. See, a lot of times we jump ahead to him wrestling, but the scripture says the angels of God met him as he's going on his way. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Maniam. Now, now watch, watch what happens here. When, when you are going to a place of intercession, you've got to find the appointed place that God has for you. All right. I'm, I'm just going, I'm going to give them to you quickly. All right. So you've got to find that appointed place. What is the appointed place that God has called for you? In fact, if you go back and read when he's running for his life, the, the word of God says he came to a certain place. And when he comes to that certain place, that's where he sees the angels and God makes him this, he makes this vow to before God, you have got to have that appointed place in your life where you know that you go to meet God. See, where is it that you meet God? You say, well, I can meet God anywhere. I got that. But where do you go on a regular basis where God knows where you're going to be? See, I, I just believe it. Maybe that's weird. But I believe that God is waiting on us in the appointed place. And if we don't get to the appointed place, then we don't get the appointment. So I've, I've got to learn to get to that appointed place. I've, i I need, I need a place. I, I remember years ago when I was in, in, in Memphis a hundred years ago, uh, when I, I was teaching a, a young couple a home Bible study and, uh, and I taught them about this where the scripture says that when you go into your uh, prayer closet and, and you seek God, that you, you close the door and, um, and I, I just taught the scripture and went through it and did the Bible study that night and went home by the time I got back the next week to do the next Bible study with him. Uh, the guy's name was Bernie, and, and he came into me and said, I want to show you something, Pastor. I said, what? He had gone under his stairwell. He had built a closet. He had put a chair in there and a Bible in there, and he said, I'm going in there and meeting God every day. See, See, he got it. Now, again, can you meet God anywhere? Of course you can, but there is something about this appointed place that, that God knows where you need to be and you need to learn to go there because it's in that place where you can meet God and where God meets you. But but not only that, verse 3 through 6 uh, um, I won't read it because if I read all this, it'll just take too long, okay? But it says Jacob sent messengers ahead, his brother Esau, uh, and, and the, the scripture says that, that Jacob had found out that he's got 400 men coming with him, that Esau has 400 men coming with him. And so Jacob sends all of these gifts, all right? He's just sending out gifts uh, to, to uh, his brother because here's what he's thinking. My brother is coming with 400 men and they're going to kill us. In fact, he even says that. He says, I'm going to split, split us apart because that way, if he kills one half of us, at least the other half is still left. And, and, and so he, he's, he's trying, here's what he's trying to do. Watch this. What he's trying to do is he's trying to bribe his brother. All right. Jacob is a trickster. Jacob is a, is one who has lived his life by his ingenuity and he has lived his life by tricking people. Now, he came up against the biggest tricker whose name was Laban, who, who was his father-in-law who tricked him out of everything. All right? But God still blessed him because he made a vow to God. Now, now watch, watch what happens. Is in, in this moment, he's doing all of this, but this doesn't work. Here, here's the second thing you need to understand. The old ways won't work. When it's time, when it's time for intercession, the old thing you used to do, Well, we could sing that song and the glory would come down, or we could say that prayer and this would happen or that. No, no, no. When you are in a moment where God says, I want to open the heavens above a church, or I want to open the heavens above your family, or I want to open the heavens above your business, it's in that moment you can't go back to the old ways that you did things. You have to understand that God is doing a new thing, and you can't rely on the arm of the flesh, but you have to rely upon God totally in this moment or you're not going to see what it is that God wants. So we can't go back and try to recreate what we were doing in 2020. We can't go back and try to recreate what happened in 1980. We have got to come to this moment and say, God is doing something new. And I can't keep trying to do the old things and expect God to continue to show up the way that he used to show up. Make sense? Verse 7 and 8 says, In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and the herds and the camels. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Here's the third thing of intercession. I told you I'm going to be quick tonight, all right, compared to eternity. Number three is you have to separate yourself from everybody. See, intercession is never done in a crowd intercession is usually done by one person and God lays something on your heart and you have to get away from everybody else. You, you ha you have to be willing to not hang out with everybody. I have, I have found in those moments where I need to see something happen in the spirit, I can't hang out with everybody and just have a good time. All right. I, I, I remember this as, as just, just like it was yesterday, uh, and it's been a long time. I, I, I graduated from Bible college. I was working for Pastor Bill Luther in Memphis. I went to a conference, and there was a man who, who that night God used in ways that I was blown away from. We were in Louisiana, and uh, he ministered to people a lot like Pastor, Prophet Lord Buster does, but in ways that just blew me away. At the end of the service, he was, on, he was on the stage, and some of the guys that I hung out with and had gone to college with knew him. So we're, we're all at the front, and he's on the stage, and they're talking to him. And they said to him, they said, they said Brother Barnes, we're going to go eat. Why don't you go with us? And I still remember what he said to this day. He said, No, I'm going to go hang out with the Lord. Now, we went and parted legal party, not bad party. Don't, don't judge me. Okay. He went and hung out with the Lord. Maybe that's why his ministry was so powerful and it took us years to even begin to figure it out. See, there are, there are moments where God just says to you, you can't be with everybody else and be like everybody else. If you want to birth something in the spirit, if you want to have an open heaven above you, you've got to be willing to separate yourself from everybody else and to see what it is that God's doing. 7 and 8 also shows us this in, in that same passage, is that you have to be willing to release your earthly success. See, I, I don't know about anybody else, but, but when, you've, when you've been doing what I'm doing as long as I've been doing, you would think you have it figured out. Do, do you hear me? I mean, I've done this a while. I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point I could get the watch and go sit on the front porch. I'm not going to. Don't get, don't get excited. All right. I, I got the Charles Stanley anointing. I'm gonna preach till I'm 99 years old. All right. Um, but, but, but here's here's what I want you to understand is that that we've got to come to this place where we, we release the success we've had. See, he's, what, what he's doing is he's sending away everything that he's been successful at. He, he's getting rid of it because he doesn't know what God is getting ready to do. And, and so often, we, you know, we, we, we hold on to our accolades. We, we hold on to the, well, I've done this, and I've accomplished that, and, and I graduated from this college, and, and I've got that degree, and, and I drive this kind of a car, and I live in this kind of a neighborhood, and all those things. And God says, yeah, those are all really great, but remember, I'm the one who gave those to you. Right. And the moment you close your hand is the moment you get in trouble. Because it's not yours. you got to walk through life like this you got to walk through life just saying it's not mine, it's God's, and if God calls for it today, it's his. He can have it back. He's the one who blessed me, anybody. He's the one who gave it to me, so I'm just going to release it back to him, and I'm not going to build my foundation on what I have achieved or what I have done. And, and so we, we're finding that now he he's beginning to get this. What we're going to see is is, is that in this story of intercession in Jacob's life, we're, we're going to see something that happens that shifts the rest of what, what we look at as history, but also not even just history, but also what's happening right now was shifted in this moment because of what Jacob does in this moment of intercession as he's crying out to God. Goes on to say, look in verse 9, if you've got your Bible, or maybe they got it on the screen. Verse 9 says, then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. Now, now here's, here's the next thing about intercession. Intercession is always in response to something God says. Do you hear me? Jacob says, God, you said, go back. That's what I'm doing. I'm going back. And he's coming in this moment saying to God, listen, I'm I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm being obedient to you. Now, here's my question. What's the last thing God told you to do? We love it. And I love, I love when prophet Lloyd comes or any prophet comes. I love it. I love getting a word. But my question is, when, when did you fulfill the last word? Right. I want another word from God. Well, God's saying, well, what'd you do with the last one I gave you? See, so you know, the scripture says that you're at war with the word of your prophecy. Well, they prophesied this, that, or the other, and it didn't ever come to pass. Well, it could be not their fault. I'll, I'll just give this to those of you who are newer around here. You, you can't get a better word of prophecy than God. God shows up to Moses and says, I'm going to send you. You're going to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptians bondage. Keep reading. Two days later, God meets Moses and I'm going to kill you right here. Really? I just got a word, Lord. I just got a word over here. And God says, yeah, but you're in disobedience and I'm going to kill you because you're in disobedience. Y'all do read the Bible. You don't just bring it to church to look holy, right? So what do you say? He says, I'm going to kill you. And his wife, because he he hadn't circumcised his sons. I'll go ahead and tell you why. He hadn't circumcised his son. And the word of God says that his wife, it, this is horrible. His wife grabs a a stone and circumcises two sons. I'm, I'm not even going to tell you this. It's, it's, it's Go read it. It's, it's a bloody mess is what it is. All right? And I didn't use that in the British sense right there. Okay? Okay. Uh, it's, it's just a, a messy thing in, the, in that moment. And, and, and yet God was the one who prophesied it, but God showed up to kill him. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that that you you have to understand that you have to war with the word of your prophecy. You have to come back to that moment of saying, God, here's what you said. And that's what he's doing. He's saying, God, here's what you said. And, and in fact, he goes on. Look in verse 10. He says, I'm unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I've become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau. For I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you... You have said, watch this, you have said, and he just told him that in verse 9, you have said, I will make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. Ready? Ready? Come on. You ready? Here's the next one, is you have to remind God of his promises. You say, God doesn't forget anything. Yeah, but he wants you to remind him. He, he, He wants to know if you got it. See, the word of God says that, that God spoke to Abraham and says, go offer your son. Oh, yeah, by the way, your only son. I'm not talking about that Ishmaelite thing you did. Go offer your only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice to me. You know the story. Three days later, they get up there. He takes the knife. And God says, now I know. Now, wait a minute. You're God. Now I know that you will do what I tell you to do. There's a ram caught in the thicket. We all, we all know the story. But, but what we, what we don't understand is that God knows everything, but God is waiting on us to remind him of what he told us. We, how many of you ever heard? Well, uh, you know, just it, it, what, if it's, if it's not good, (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble. If it's not good, God's not done. Heard that. Let me help you. You hadn't read the Bible. Come on, y'all read the Bible. Do you really? Again, I'll get on you. Do you read the Bible? The Bible's full of tragedy. The Bible's full of heartache. The Bible's full of things that didn't go the way that we wanted them to go. That doesn't mean God's not God and doesn't mean God's not in control. What it means is, is that we live in a fallen world and it's up to us to implement God's rule and reign on this earth. And if the church is not willing to step into the, the fight of the moment, we are not going to see. We, we, can look, we can look at the world right now. We can get all depressed. We can get all oppressed. We can say, well, if we just had this guy in the White House or if we just had that person in the Senate. And, and I don't mean to mess your world up. None of that's going to fix it. The only thing that's going to fix it is if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then... I'll hear from heaven, and then I'll heal their land. The only way we're going to change America is not by politics. I, vote, vote for the right, righteous people. I'm not saying that, but that is not going to change it. What's going to change it is when the church becomes the church and begins to live up to the call that God has given to us to live up to. Mm-hmm. We have to do, and, and part of that is warring in prayer. It's intercession. It's getting on our face and saying, I, I, I don't know what, what is happening right now to somebody else, but here's what I do know. God, you told me. You told me. See, I've been reminding God of several things the past few weeks. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be a downer, but, but I've been reminding, God, you told me some things. And just because I'm in the valley right now, those things are still what you told me. I didn't see it all. I didn't understand how it was all going to come to pass. But God, you told me this. And I'm hanging on to what you told me was going to happen. And, and, and so we, we've got to get that same feeling on us that we go back to him and we just say, God, uh, by the way, I just need to remind you. Go read the prophets of the Old Testament. They were always reminding God of what he said he was going to do. Moses, you ever read about Moses? R- Moses would get ticked at the children of Israel and he'd say, God, kill them. I'm tired of them right? I can understand one to three million Israelites wandering around out there. And, and he just said, I'm done. I'm out. And and then a few days later, God would say, I'm tired of them. I've said for years, what would have happened if Moses and God had got ticked the same day? And the Israelites would have never made it, wouldn't they? Uh, because what would happen is God would say to Moses, okay, it's going to be all right. And, and then Mo, God would speak to Moses, I'm going to kill them all and raise up people after you. And God would say, no, 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 God, you can't do that because what will all the nations say? You brought these people out here to kill them. And, and so Moses has this, what is Moses doing? Watch this. What is Moses doing? Moses is interceding. What was Abraham doing? Abraham was interceding. When he says, for 50 righteous, will you spare the city? For 40 righteous, for 10 righteous, will you spare the city? I think he could have got it down to one. Because I don't think there was one righteous in all of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot sure wasn't. Right? I I think God was was working with him. Come on, come on. Where where do you want to go with this, Abraham? I I will go with you because you are the intercessor. See, an intercessor is boy I've got to be careful here. An intercessor can move the heart of God. An intercessor can make things happen that does not seem possible to happen. And our deal is, is that, that we miss this so much. verse 24 i'll jump i'll jump down. I promise you I'm not going to do the whole chapter because you want to go home after a while. So, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. I started just to entitle this WWE. <laughs> here's, here's the deal. When you get in that moment that you begin to remind God of what he said, then God shows up. Now, what's what I'm saying? I didn't say God gave you the answer. I said God shows up. See, we have, we have all been in services where God showed up and we still left without the answer. Come on, you, you came in needing something. You came in going through something. You came in, something was happening. And, and, and the, the worship team led us in the presence of God or the pastor, priest, that, whatever it was. And, and, and if anybody would ask you, did you feel God's presence? you say, oh, yeah, God showed up tonight, right? But we're still broke and busted and disgusted. Why? Because God can show up and you still not get an answer. But what intercession does is intercession brings God into your realm. Don't miss it. I, I, know, I know God lives in your heart. I got it. But there's a difference. I don't want to mess up a sermon I'm getting ready to preach. But there's a, there, there's a difference on uh, the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. God's everywhere. We got that. God's in my heart. I got that. But then there's the manifest presence of God. This is the manifest presence of God showing up. But even in that moment, there's going to have to be more done before he's going to get the answer that he needs. Just because God shows up because you ask him to does not mean you're going to get what you want in that moment. I'll I'll move on, but I'll let you chew on that. Because here's the key. You ready for the key? Look in verse 24. So Jacob was left alone and the men wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. Here's the next thing about intercession. Tenacity is the key. See, we pray for things one time or two times, and then we quit. You've got kids, some of you, right now, who are backslidden, who live in lives that you are not pleased with, and every once in a while, when you get really moved by something they're doing, you'll pray for them, but you're not interceding for them. Now, I'm not trying to put guilt on you. Please don't take that in any sense in guilt. But what I'm saying to us is, when was the last time that you got this Jacob tenacity that says, I will not let you go until you bless me? That you go into your prayer time and you say, this is not going to be a five-minute prayer or a 10-minute prayer. God, I'm hanging in here until I know that I know that I know I've touched you and you've heard me. See, and, and it's, it's not that one-time praying, and I don't, I don't want to mess up our, you know, our, our word of faith, anything, but, well, you just confess it one time and it's done. No, no, no. There's a, there's a, the, the, the widow and the unjust judge proves that. Jesus tells a story in the New Testament. He says, there's this widow who needs to be avenged. And says she goes every day to the judge. And she says to the judge, avenge me of mine adversaries. She continually goes day after day after day. And the word of God says, and finally the judge looks at her and says, I don't fear God nor man, but watch. But because of your continual coming, I'm going to grant you your petition. And then it goes on to say, how much more were your father? And we have used that and said, well, you, God's not unrighteous, and so therefore you just have to ask him once. I don't think that's true. I don't think Scripture bears that out at all. i got things I've been praying for for 15, 20 years. I haven't seen them come to pass yet, but I'm not quitting praying about them. Anybody. I, I, there's, there's things I believe God spoke to me. 20 plus years ago that I still have not seen come to pass. And I'm just reminding God almost, if not a daily basis, almost a daily basis. God, I believe you said this. I believe you spoke this. And I'm just going to continue to hang on. I'm going to continue to talk to you about it. I'm just going to continue to believe for it. I'm going to continue to confess it. I'm going to continue just to hang on. I am not giving up on my dream, on my vision that you gave me just because it has not come to pass quickly like I wanted it to. You you got what, what is it in your life that you're wanting to see changed that you prayed about, but you haven't got tenacious about, I mean, when you get your hip knocked out of socket and you continue to hang on, you want something, right? I mean, it came a rain shower while ago and some people couldn't get to church. See, you can all feel good. You came, right? Oh, it's raining outside. We can't go. Well, I hope there's not raining when the rapture takes place. Sorry, I'll be better. I promise I'll do good, okay? But, I mean, there's a tenacity of the moment that's going on there. Now, now watch what happens. Look, look in verse 26. We're, we're headed home. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, now he keeps calling him the man. We know better. The man asked him, what is your name, Jacob? He answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Now watch. When God understands your tenacity, God speaks. I think we don't hear God speak. Enough, because we're not tenacious enough. I, and again, this sermon is not to, to, to be a downer. I'm not trying to put you in some kind of guilt trip. I'm trying to help us tonight to learn how to keep the heavens open above us. Be, because I, I think we, we have, our American mentality is, is such a microwave mentality that we think everything ought to happen in 30 seconds or less. And yet in the kingdom of God, here's, here's again, and I don't, don't, I don't want to belabor this, but it's so needful for us to understand this. When this happened with Sherry, and I was in the hospital, and all my friends were calling, and people were praying everywhere. God spoke to me a word, and, and, I, and I, I don't mean to mess anybody's theology up, but I knew when Sherry went in the hospital, she was never coming out. We prayed, we did all the confession, we did all the stuff, but I knew that I knew that I knew when I found her in the floor, she wasn't coming out. This is the first time I've told this. But what God spoke to me was, he said, Eddie, you play the short game, I play the long game. And I went, I'm comfortable with that. Doesn't mean I don't hurt. Doesn't mean I don't cry. Doesn't mean he doesn't drive me crazy when I go home by myself, but here's what I found out is that God is God and I'm not. And the way that he does things is always right. And what you and I have got to come to is, is that we, we we prayed for healing, right? I, I dare say every one of you knew about it, prayed for healing. We were praying for healing with a little H Sherry got healing with a big H. She's healed forever. She'll never be sick. She'll never suffer. Do we get this? Do do we at some point say, we look through a glass darkly, but God is looking at it a different perspective. And it doesn't make sense, and you've heard me say this as long as I keep asking why, I'll never move on. I have to start asking how. Not why did this happen, how do I get through this? How do I come out on the other side? How do I fulfill the mandate that God has for my life? How do I continue to lead this ministry? How do I? Those are the questions that I'm asking, not why. Doesn't doesn't mean I don't have my moment, but not the, the why is not where I'm at. I'm I'm now going, okay, God, how do we go from this? Alright? Now I may break down all the way home when I leave tonight. That's okay. That's part of the process of grief. Grief is a beast. Alright? And 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 so you, you deal with that. But but you have to come to that place when you come to God, you have to come to that place that we quit trying to put God in our box that he does things in his ways and it's beyond our understanding scripture says. And so I've got to come to the place where I am willing to intercede and I'm willing to call out to God and then I've got to listen when God speaks I've got to respond to that. And when God said to me, I play the long game, you play the short game. I went, "I got it." I don't like it. Well, y'all are giving me some looks. Pastor, why don't you can God heal? Yeah. That hasn't changed. If if you think this situation has changed me from believing God's healed, you you don't know me very well. You think I'm gonna get bitter and angry over this? No way. Why why would I do 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 you realize I had 45 great years of marriage? Why would I get bitter? Because I don't get, you know, the next 10 or 15. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, we, we live life through that lens though. Instead of just saying, wait a minute, thank God for what I had. Thank God for your blessings. Thank God for your, every one of us in here have been blessed beyond measure. <clears throat> Whoever's going to play, come on up and play. Cause I sure didn't mean to go down all that. That wasn't in the notes, Eddie. And I give you the next two? There's two others and I'll, I'll close. Verse 29 and 30 says, Jacob said, please tell me your name. That's funny. Well, right before that, God asked Jacob his name, right? Let me, let me drop this on you. When you read scripture, God, God says, I'm changing your name from this point on to Israel. Have you, have you read the rest of the book of Genesis about Jacob? Now, think about it for a minute. God says, "From this moment on, I'm changing your name to Israel." And yet, time and time again, you find him being referred to after this encounter as Jacob. Can I help you? You can have a name change and still backslide. You, you I, I didn't. I don't mean you're not secure. I, I just mean you go back and start acting like Jacob again, and and God will God call you out. And Jacob did this. And then when he acts like Israel, got to go in Israel. Right? So when you have this encounter and God does what he's going to do, understand it's still up to you to live it out. So Jacob called, excuse me, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life is spared. Here's what you get in the moment where God shows up like that is you get fresh revelation. You'll you'll see stuff you've never seen before. You'll understand God in ways you've never understood him before. Your, Your heart will beat after God in a different way. You you thought you had a deep relationship with God, but you get into a moment of intercession and you get into that moment where God shows up and he just knocks the stew out of you. Well, I don't believe God does that. Go ask Jacob about it. God knocks his hip out of socket. See, we don't like that. But I'm not going to get a fresh revelation until I have that encounter. And here's the last part of that. That encounter changes us because it says from that moment on, Jacob limped. You could see him coming and you knew that he'd had an encounter with God. See, there are people that I see And I'm going to be careful as I wrap this up. There are people that I see in Christianity right now that everybody's excited about. Oh, did you hear what so and so said? Did you watch so and so priest? Did you watch this? But I watch them and I don't see a limp. They're pretty, they got a lot of followers on Instagram and whatever. And they got a lot of great words to say, but they don't limp. Give me a man, give me a woman who limps just a little bit. Because when you limp, I know you've been changed. You can't run as fast as you used to. You're not as pretty as you used to be. You don't have it all together like you used to. I went into ministry at 25 years of age, I knew everything. You could ask me a question, I'd give you an answer. You ask me a question now, I don't know. Let's pray about it. Let's see what God's saying. Right? Pastor's limping a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But those are the people who I trust. They've been through some things. They've experienced some hurt. They've experienced some heartaches. But they didn't stop. It didn't say he laid down and didn't walk ever again. It just said everywhere you saw him, he limped on his hip. I want you to stand with me. This sermon went some places I didn't mean for it to go. There must have been a reason for it. Here's here's my question. Here's here's how we'll do this tonight. How many of you have something in your life tonight that you say, if God doesn't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. Would you just hold your hand up? God doesn't show up. Now just come stand here. If you got your hand, just come stand here. It wasn't a bait and switch, but I just want you to come. because here's what I want to say to you. This is the moment that you begin to intercede. See, when, when, when you know, we, when we got, understand I'm going to say this. When I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to go to a steakhouse, but I had to go to McDonald's. I don't have to intercede about that. Like, all right, I didn't have enough money and it's okay. But when I get desperate, when the doctor walks in when the lawyer walks in when the banker walks in when our kids walk out when that spouse leaves when that thing that I thought was just something fun that I was going to do now is dominating and controlling my life and I've asked everybody to help me and I've tried to get free from it but it's still controlling my life That's when I got to get to a place of intercession and say, God, I got to have you to show up. I've got to have you to speak and I've got to have you to change me. And that's where some of you are tonight. And so I'm just going to pray over you. All right. I'm just going to pray that God will give you the tenacity that Jacob had that this won't be I walk to the front of a church and okay, I've done all that. No, no, no. But you're going to go home, maybe even tonight and not go to bed quite as quick because you're going to find a place of prayer. Tomorrow's not going to be quite the way you thought it was going to be because you got to hear from God. And, and I'll tell you, some, sometimes that... 30 minute prayer won't get it and that hour of prayer won't get it and sometimes you find yourself and I know this will blow some of your minds but you're going to find yourself seeking God for two hours and three hours and maybe even longer until you know that you know you got an answer so I'm just going to pray for, pray for that so just some of you already doing it just hold your hands out like you're going to receive Father, we're here tonight, and we're your kids. We're your sons and daughters, just like Jacob was. And God, Jacob was a rascal, but you still loved him. You still ordained him. The 12 tribes of Israel came through him. And so you're not looking for perfection today. You're not looking for men and women who have it all together and don't have any imperfections. You're just looking for some men and women who say, I've got to hear from God. I've got to have God to show up in this situation. Lord, I don't know what those situations are, and I don't need to. They're standing here right now, and you and them are having that conversation. And they're telling you in this moment why they're here. So just go ahead and talk to him. Just as I'm praying, just go ahead and tell him why you're here. And Lord, we just believe that in this moment, Lord, that I see tears coursing down different ones' faces and I see intensity. I see men and women standing here saying, I, God, you've got to show up. You've, you've got to touch us. You've got you've got to fix this. I can't fix it. I tried and I did everything that I knew how to do. And Lord, I said all the words that I knew what to say. and It's not gotten better, God. In fact, it's gotten worse every time I open my mouth. And so, instead of opening my mouth to the situation, I'm gonna open my mouth to you. And I'm just gonna reach to heaven tonight. And God, I need an encounter. I need an encounter with a man, but I don't need just any man. I need God. Because Jacob said, this man, this man, this man. And then he said, I've seen God face to face and I've lived. God, we need to encounter you. Because we can't fix it. And Lord, there's something happening in this moment that is precious to you. There's something happening right now that... You see the brokenness of your children. And your word tells us that you won't pass by the broken things. The bruised reed and a smoking flax, you would not pass by. And so tonight as we stand at the front of this building as a sign of our desire for God. I believe you're hearing us tonight. And I believe some situations are getting ready to be turned around mightily, mightily, mightily. And some men and women, some young men and women, and some older men and women tonight are going to experience something they've never seen before. As you show up and you change. You change us first of all, and then you change the circumstances. And so we receive that right now. Come on, just tell him, Lord, I receive. I just receive. Come on, just receive from him right now. Receive his grace. Receive his love. Don't let guilt and condemnation rule you. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. That's us. We're children of God, so we're not walking after the flesh. Tonight, tonight you're doing something. You're doing something that I didn't know you were going to do, but you're doing something. Come on, can we just all over the room right now, just for, just for the next minute or so, can we just make this a prayer chapel for just, just in your own way? Would you just begin to cry out to the Lord? Come on, come on, let's, let's begin to call out to Him. Begin to lift your voice to Him in a minute. Just, just not that quiet little prayer you've been praying, but just begin to cry out to Him. Lord, we come. We come before You like Jacob did. We're, we're tenacious, Lord. We, we're desiring something to happen. We, we need You to do something, God. We need your power. We need your anointing. We need an open heaven, an open heaven above these circumstances of these people who are standing here tonight. Lord, above that which the enemy has brought into their lives, the destruction, all the things, Lord, that we are facing in this moment. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just another moment or two. I'm getting ready to turn it back to Pastor, but just another moment or two. Let's see what God can do just for another moment. Come on, just just call out to Him. Come, come, come. We're going to go a little bit deeper tonight, Lord. We're going to push just a little bit further tonight, Lord. Lord, we're asking for Your glory. We're asking for Your presence. We're asking for Your power. In the name of Jesus. Lord, don't pass us by tonight. Don't pass us by tonight. Come on, it's okay. Those tears are precious to the Lord. Don't be ashamed of those tears tonight. Scripture tells us those tears are put before the throne of God. He sees every one of them tonight. He bottles up your tears. Lord, we thank you We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, in this moment, let things be broken in the spirit. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.